Welcome to the Tim Biscuit Podcast. Today we've got a new guest on, which is... <gasps> Scary Bird Jules, Jules, a.k.a. Mistress Dieter. Mistress Dieter. So, <laughs> tell us a bit about the Mistress Dieter bit. You're a dominatrix, right. aren't you? I am, yes. I have been stapling balls to floorboards for about 10 years now. I left prisons to um, be self-employed. Oh, what did you do in the prisons? I was in the education side of things. Oh, cool. So... Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't discipline, which you ended up going into doing this type of job, mm-hmm. but it was sort of like, you know, civilian, helping people, blah, blah, blah. So I wasn't, right, obviously, cool. I, I wasn't like a scraper or anything. Yeah. So then I decided to become a dominatrix because I wanted to work for myself and I thought, what job can I do that hopefully I'll have some longevity in and it probably won't come <clears> out with fashion and people will always find money for and I came up with the sex industry and the food industry. Now, obviously, I can't cook, so I went into the other. I realised I didn't want to sell sex because I'd just be shit at it anyway, and um, not everybody's going to look like Tom Hardy who walks through the door. So I thought, you know what, Joel, stick to what you're good at, and which was being scary, because I've got the image already. I don't have to kind of dress up at that. I'm bossy. I've always been a manager. I was like a gaffer in jails and things like that. So I thought, do you know what? I reckon I could do that. And then obviously 10 years down the line, here I am. So there's no sexual services, nothing No, I don't offer it. As a rule of thumb, doms, like sort of male and female doms, don't offer sex it's right. more like verbal physical domination discipline that type of thing but you know i've got some dom friends who do and and that's it's t- entirely up to them but i think i'll leave you know the sex to the escorts because mm-hmm. they're they were brilliant at it and obviously i'll stick to what i'm good at right so like what's what's it involved for like someone who doesn't know and it's like what's the weirdest thing or <laughs> the the weirdest, the creepiest thing, <laughs> or the most disgusting thing. Let's sort well, of break it down. What's sort of the weirdest thing you've I done? don't think anything that I do is disgusting, to, to no. be fair. I mean, it is, it's cringeworthy probably to other people, but to me, I'm like providing a service. Yeah, And definitely. I get really good money for it. So mm-hmm. to me, it's it's a fetish. Someone's come in to have an itch to be scratched. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that type of thing. And it's in a real safe, controlled environment. But the the most extreme, I'll put it, thing, and I love being asked this question because it makes people bored, but I have a guy who comes from Grimsby, of all places. Right. and um, Just to clarify, it's not me. <laughs> and his thing is to be force-fed dog shit. What? Yes. No now, way. Yes way. Now, I, I, I kind of get most most fantasies and fetishes because I think it comes from somewhere as a child, or people, people like being <coughs> spanked, it reminds them of being naughty at school, blah, 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 blah. However, uh, with this is the only thing I kind of can't get my head around because I think when do you wake up one day and think, oh, I wonder what that dog shit tastes like? Do you know what I mean? However, it's his thing. Um, it's... Does he bring his own dog shit? <laughs> no. I don't even have a dog. I've got to go to my friends around the corner and shovel their dog shit up. Um, but, yeah, so so that's his thing. Now, Oof. that's sort of a bit, like, cringeworthy to a lot of people. And it's Surely that's not a bit minging. good for him in health Well, it can't be. It can't be. But then again, human shit can't be good for anybody. But that's a big thing as well, like, eating shit. Has anyone asked you to do that before? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first started doing the Dom stuff, uh, I kind of had to Google most things that people was asking me. So I just wasn't even into the scene in the first place. And from the off, a load of people have always gone, oh, you know, can I buy your shit? Can, will you sell me your shit? Will you shit on me? And I'm like, don't be disgusting, bang, phone down. 
But as time went on, I'm like, do you know what, Joel? All I'm doing is waving goodbye to the Benjamins every time I say no. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. But I knew I didn't want to shit on anybody. Because, A, I can't shit on demand. And, yeah. B, I don't really want someone that close to me bumhole. So I thought, right, you know what I'll do? I'll sell it. I'll I'll save it from the morning. <laughs> I'll scope up me own shit and I'll sell it. And so I, and I do. Believe it or not, shit sells. It's just ridiculous. Do you post it? I do, yes. Now... How do you get... A, like, so does it smell <laughs> the envelope? Well, like, obviously, I've got to make sure it's all sealed up and it ain't going to leak in transit, Dara. However... Um, now you, you get asked, don't you, when you text them into the post office, what's in your parcel? Yeah. So I have to think of something different every time I take it. <laughs> From phone charges to makeup to to all sorts. Yeah. I mean, you don't tell them it's human shit, do you? No, no. obviously not. Well, they wouldn't do it, would they? I'd be, no. I'd be thrown in the Tower of London, wouldn't I? Because it's, it's something to do with the Majesty. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I sell it. And, um, again, I mean, if it isn't minging as I'm scooping it up, about the time the recipient gets it, it's absolutely rancid. Do you know what to do with it? Yes, I do, because I give them instructions as to what right. to do with it, you see. So what do they do with idea. it? <laughs> oh, I can't, well, I've run out of, of things to get them to do, but things like spread it on toast and eat it and um spread it on toast and eat it it does look like nutella but i make them send me pictures <laughs> as well obviously because all of these things are going in my book and then things like put it on as a moisturizer at night and, and go to bed with it on what sleep with your shit yeah, on the face yeah like a mud park <laughs> but again i i mean i love tom hardy but i won't even go near his bum hole let alone eat his shit so i don't get the shit thing however if you look at it sort of from from my point of view i'm a dominant they're submissive it must be for them the ultimate in degradation do you, do you know what i mean yeah. like to just to to be told to do something with with a dominant female's shit you know that must be <clears throat> the lowest that they would ever feel and maybe that they like that sort of humiliation you see I'm still getting over the dog shit incident. Dog shit. I mean, again, that that to me. I mean, how, is... I mean, how much do you feed him? Just does he swallow it? A few nuggets. Yeah, it does. Does he chew on it? He does. Oh. Yeah. But but let me say this. Fucking I know brilliant. that I'm like laughing and joking about all these crazy things and stapling bollocks and all that. <clears throat> Everything <clears throat> I do, um, if obviously there's about three or four different consultations before I do any session. Right. Because obviously I'm dealing with chloroform in some sessions, I'm, I'm bl bloodletting and, you know, there's some quite extreme stuff. So obviously we have email conversations and we have phone conversations and we, then we have a consultation when they're there just to cover everything and, I, and I, I get them to sign a disclaimer to say, listen, you know, this is what I'm actually asking her to do to me. She's not forcing anything on me. Um, yeah, we'll go through all their health issues, any allergies and all the rest of it. So... There's kind of it's done professionally behind yeah. the scenes. Oh, yeah, someone just doesn't turn up and you don't want to feed me this dog no, shit. No, no, like I said, and it is, and it bear in mind he's the only one who likes dog shit anyway. <coughs> what in is the world? Grim, is it a Grimsby thing? I don't know. Fucking hell! I hope not. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's... Do you do you put it in bread for him ever? Or is no, it just... I, no. I just put my gloves on and just feed him little nuggets. And Does it make it. you boat the smell of do it? Do you know what? It doesn't. But it would, I guess, if someone was making me eat it. Like I don't, I don't bark with my own shit because it's like my shit. You know what I mean? But, mm. but no, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I can't be all queasy being a dominatrix, can I? I'd I'm say that's... dealing with all sorts and yeah. And you staple people's bollocks to bits well, of wood. Yeah, cock and ball torture. That's just one form of 
of cock and ball torture. Some like set on fire. Some like what to, to be kicked. Set in. on fire. Yeah, Sigs put out on them, like kicked, punched, scratched, cheese graters, all sorts. Cheese graters. List goes on and on and on. That's pretty grim, isn't it? So um, they love it. Do they? Mm. It's a thing. I mean, to be fair, I'd, I don't understand it because I'm. I'm obviously dominant. I ain't got a submissive bone in me. So I wouldn't pay someone to kick me in the flange. But it is. It's a man thing. Do they get turned on by it all? Do you, I mean, do they get erection when I'm like, you it, eat them, it, when you make them eating the shit and things like that? No, I, I won't say the shit necessarily. But some some get excited when they come in because they're just excited, obviously. Mm. But they're not going to be getting a hard on if I'm literally, you know, taking a flamethrower to the bollocks, have they? It, do you know what I mean? Like, some if they want tying up or let's say if they want dressing up like a sissy, then they'll get excited and mm. I can't do anything about that. But, you know, the, the general <clears throat> cock and ball torch is not a sexual thing because the poor thing ain't going to work after I've finished with it. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, it, again, it's a fetish and, and you've got to be, but it's no different. I know well, it, it is obviously, but it's along the lines of all I can explain it is. It's like, I like beards. You might like blondes. Some people like black girls. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's what you like. It's what you're into. And just because it's sort of in, in the sex industry, it's just the same. It's some people actually like it. Fetish. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a strange fetish as like to go because, like as you say, people like beards and people like black girls. Exactly, it's each to their own things like that. But dog shit's on a different level. It it really is, and like I said, I just think when do you wake up one morning and think, oh, and what that dog shit tastes like? I don't know where that would come from. But again, do you know what? If he's gonna do it, uh, it's a safe environment in my place. That's it, yeah. And. I wouldn't, you know, kind of like put anyone down for for something that they want to do. I've worked because people are like, "God, don't you get? They're all weirdos." I'm like, "They're not weirdos." I was just about to say, to what sort of people do you get? Is because like people will think, "Oh, they're just deprived, fucking down and out, blind like that." But do you? I'm like guessing you get all sorts from full Monty, and and I would say right about eighty five percent of my client group are professional high powered high flying guys you know so so i've got police high up in the army i've got like the raf i've got um prison officers i've got businessmen who are in charge of like you know billions of pounds and blah 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 so it's one of those where they probably have a really stressful job and they want to go somewhere and be stripped of it all for an hour or half an hour or two hours or whatever they book for. And then, so that's that, you know, I've got magistrates, bleeding judges, all sorts. But then that other little 15% are just randomers. Just randomers. A builder, a joiner, somebody who just wants to try it. A little old giffer who wants spanking because it reminds them of being at school, like I said. Do you know what I mean? It's But the majority are very sort of high-profile, high-power jobs. Yeah, I've, I've, has someone ever come to you and said, I want this doing, and like, you've turned them down and said, I'm not prepared to do that, isn't, is there anything you wouldn't do? Yeah, well, I say, I don't, um, I, I don't, I offer adult baby, but I don't physically do that myself, that's the only thing I cannot bring myself to do, is to tell, could grow a man's ass and go there, 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 it, to me, it just doesn't sit right with me, 
So what I'd do is, again, when I first started, I was getting loads of, you know, requests People for People might think that's strange, like, exactly. you won't do that when them like, you're I'll first feeding dog, some yeah, dog exactly. shit but or I sending said, your shit like, through the post. I, that is just not something I'm comfortable with, being, like, um, mumsy to a grown man. I'm not, I'm not comfy doing that. Yeah. Do you know? And, and again, that's just my thing and it's my limitation. But I was getting loads of requests for it when I first started, and I'm like, ugh, no, phone down. But then I'm like, again, I'm just waving away money. So I offer it as a service, but I don't physically do it. I, I bring in somebody called Nanny Josephine and she does it all. So I'll pay for the advertising. I do the vetting and then Nanny Josephine does a little there, 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 breastfeeding and all that squit, that, that the one, yeah. yeah. So, but again, I offer it, but I don't do it. I don't, if some people, you get, loads of time wasters in this game and they'll just want to gab to you on the phone or they'll want to reply on an email and they've not got any intention of booking they just they just like muck you about but loads of requests like oh will you blackmail me here's my bank details here's my card details take all my money um what you know will you kidnap me and and put me on a container and ship me to and it's like what ship you to where frig knows where but it's like <laughs> behave daft lads do you, do you know what i mean yeah. like all of this stuff is just ridiculous and and i won't do anything that was illegal or that i didn't feel comfy with because it's my business and my reputation you know and i say i, I chose initially not not to offer sex because i said i'd just be shit at it but i am good at standing with my hands on my hips bossing people about so like, it's most like it's like most women <laughs> exactly yeah wonder woman <laughs> <laughs> so like what's the extremest thing you've done in terms of like the pain side of things like so if you say you've stapled and nailed people's oh, bollocks God, like yeah, all sorts. Did, does anyone ever want cutting or things like yeah, that yeah cutting piercing scratching um <clears throat> beat downs are like a quite a popular thing so and again it probably goes back to well what one guy actually told me that you know it come from it was picked on at school by a bunch of lasses mm. and Although it was said it was horrific at the time, he said he's got fond memories of that now. And he thinks that's why he's so submissive and he likes to be spat at, slapped, and just basically the shit kicked out of him. That that That's his thing. So I don't know whether it's like a little safety blanket that people have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But, so yeah, beatdowns, you know. How far do you go in a beatdown? You, have you ever broke anyone's nose, split an eye open? Or no. Is, is like a limitation you go yeah, to? because, yeah. And again, they're sounding a disclaimer, but um, I'm pretty handy. I can handle myself. I, I did kickboxing for a real lot of years. So I know what to do. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? I can kick and I can punch. But... I wouldn't put myself in a situation where... I suppose you could pull your punches, uh, can't you, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't put myself in a situation where, you know, I'd, I'd kind of, like, knock somebody out. It, it just... Uh, you've got to be real realistic about stuff like that, haven't you? You know what I mean? Because you've still then got to deal with them afterwards. So you've had nothing crazy, like someone wanting to cut a finger off and then... Uh, oh, I've got asked. Um, again, via your email. Make it or something. Will you, will you cut my partner's cock off and I'll give you £5,000? Hey. I said, listen, if it wasn't illegal, I'd do it for now. It'd just be a right laugh. But obviously, you know, bye, Felicia. And and again, you get daft requests like that the whole time. But, cut but my partner's cock off for, for yeah, £5,000? £5, £5, yeah. is, is that obviously... Because they don't like the partner. Or... I don't know. I just, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't even get into it because I, you, all they want to do is speak to you, get your time for nothing. You know what I mean? They're just yeah. time wasters. So I'm just like, yeah, bye, Felicia. That's crazy. Next. So, so how sort of many appointments do you have in like a week on average? 
that's really tricky and I've never been able to answer it because in my line of work or any any job where you're self-employed there's nothing consistent about that mm. so one week I might not get one single person ring me up another week I might get 20 bookings and it's it's very <clears throat> really like I said it's not consistent and it's quite sporadic but when it's when I'm dead when the phone ain't ringing I just jump in my car and frig off to another town or city that might be a little bit more affluent than all mm. you know what I mean right, so yeah. I go looking for for work I advertise before I get there I stick it on my website and I'll just you know I have to chase it because there's only me bringing in an income in my house and if I don't get any bookings um, I can't pay my frigging mortgage, you know? and That's so I literally, you know, I have to chase money. So basically, your job <coughs> in intake, you won't. Of course, no. It's, this, it's like no, not a sideline. No, this is your main job. Exactly. You do. Yeah, registered with HMRC, um, registered with obviously Hull City Council. So it's all it is, you know, legitimate business. Do you ever get any visits from the council to make sure things yeah. are safe? Yeah, I do. Yeah, um, I had to kind of. Um, not re- well, not register, but apply to them when I first started being self-employed because I was working from home. So I had to have what you call a like planning permission, which normally you think <coughs> it's to build an extension, but it's not. You yeah, you actually have to get clearance from Hull City Council if you want to work from your house. You, you know oh, any right. job like that. Yeah. So of course, man just happens to be an unusual sort of a trade. But yeah, and and they'll come sort of periodically just see if anything's changed or and obviously the police know of what I do and so again it's it's it is a legitimate business um, registered with HMRC as a dominatrix not not as a masseuse or, or any or a Escort nail technician like yeah. or whatever you know um, and yeah and like I said if if I was into the sex type of thing. I would still be as ballsy and brash about the job that I do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not kind of like promoting my business with my car all stickered up and and, and I'm on telly just because I'm a dom. If if I was yeah. an escort, I'd be just as proud and I would champion that. But it, it's gutting because most of my escort friends have to do it all, in sort of on the quiet. They dare tell people what they do because it's still like a bit of a stigma. Stigma to all of yeah, that. Yeah, and it and it shit. I mean like. My dumb colleagues, they're like, oh, you know, we don't like to be known as working in the sex industry. And I'm like, but we are. Just because I don't offer it. But I still, I work in the sex industry. And it's a booming... Of course you are. And it's a booming industry. And it is the oldest profession ever. And do you know what? There's money to be made. It's it's a very lucrative business. From daft things like flogging your mucky knickers or sweaty bloody gym socks or phone chats or or webcamming. It's massive. And I'm really chuffed to be a part of it because it's took me all over the bleeding world and I've met and I've seen and I've done and, and I've experienced and it's been ace. But like I said, I just wish escorts, or well, at least like my mates, were as proud of what they do as I am because they do a frigging brilliant job, yeah. a job that I could not do. No. You know? And I say I've worked in jails, I've worked with some of England's high-profile wrong-uns, the pedos and the sex offenders and... and I'm like, do you know what? These lasses, and, and obviously male escorts as well, are providing a service, yeah. and it shouldn't have to be sort of underground, should it? Y- y- you know what I no. mean? Because like, if it was a little bit more sort of like out there, maybe some of the sex crimes and stuff Wouldn't might... not happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's any... Do you ever stats. get asked for any paedophilia stuff and things like that? <clears throat> no, thank frigging God, no. Cause I w- Wouldn't yeah. again? No, no, not at all. My escort friends... 
um, get asked to dress up in like you know the naughty school girl shit. Yeah. It makes me cringe. It makes me cringe. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's something I kind of uh, it, it, I just it, I don't get. It's it yeah. But so, that's quite a big one, isn't it? Yeah. The, the my sort of school uniform oh God, thing. Yeah. It's massive. It's a big fetish of a lot of guys for for lasses to dress up like a naughty schoolgirl. You but... will like see lasses in Cleethorpes and town, and probably you like you probably see them all dressed as like schoolgirls mm, with them mm. black glasses on and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's sort of they're not doing themselves any favour. Not like in the sense <clears throat> of that, but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's like innocent for from their point of view. But again, just a bit. Of... I've worked with them and and the monsters. And like I say, when people are like, "God, you're a weirdo because you'll feed someone dog shit," or they're a weed, I'm like, "No." Do you know what? Do you know what's really wrong? Of wrongans, the the pedos and the sex offenders. Yeah, they're they're monsters and they're sick. And I will say that if somebody wants to come to me and get drab ummed, that ain't, that ain't sick. That's not you know they're coming to a controlled oh, so safe environment. You people know? do ask to be bummed oh, with a strap God. on. Is it's, it's called pegging, isn't it? M- yeah, it's massive, yeah. <laughs> absolutely massive. Again, I don't know, maybe eighty percent of of my bookings want some sort of anal fingering. Of some kind, right? Yeah. So they either want um, a prostate massage or, or um, butt plugs, fisting, strap-on, um, fucking machine. But it's a bit. It's a big thing. And again, like, do you know what? Let them come to me because of the date. Maybe ask the missus or, or or the girlfriend because they probably think they'll get laughed at. Because if they don't come to you, maybe they'll go out and express it in a different way well i don't know but i, yeah, I still think it's you know it's not it's an obvious thing that men would like because you're freaking prostates up there so it's like hmm. i don't know why and, and a lot of men are like i'm not gay you know i'm like i don't give a shit i really don't give a shit i don't bothered like you don't have to warrant anything to me because i am a total stranger you know yeah and if you want to come and get that done to you crack on you know what's what sort of the age ranges from what's from the youngest to the oldest would you say 18 18 and and is now 21 he's been coming since he was 18 so of course i have to and is it the youngest you do is 18 yeah yeah yeah. um and again he's i I would id him obviously make sure it's all right up to frigging like dinosaur age i don't really have like a a maximum age limit and i said there's a few older boys that come and they're like the headmistress um do you know like with the, the 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 dominant teacher and the they're cane. like yeah the cane a, a spanking over the knee like spanking and again i guess it just reminds them of school and and that um, as much as it maybe hurt at the time that's kind of molded them into liking a particular thing yeah so yeah 18 up to sort of death age <laughs> blimey so is it quite popular around Hull? Is it mainly Hull that people come to, like, sort of do the travel from Manchester, Leeds? Oh, yeah, all over the shop. But like I said, I'm transient. So if, if Hull's dead, which, you know, I love Hull and I don't ever want to move, but I spend most of my time all over the shop flying around on my broomstick because <laughs> there's just not much money here. Even after the city culture stuff and all that squit, there just isn't much money. Yeah. So I've, I have to go. So, yeah, I've got a few regulars in Hull, but then if I'm going to Norwich or I'm going to Las Vegas or I'm going to Geneva, I also have regulars there as well, oh, which I will tell that I'm coming and, yeah. Oh, Las Vegas, yeah. you're, oh, that's pretty oh, cool, Oh, yeah, it's, it? well, it's called, sounds really glamorous, it's called touring in our industry. Basically, when you go to a different place, yeah. you're on tour, which makes me sound like Beyonce. And and it, <laughs> in, it can be quite glamorous, but then, you know, sometimes when I'm skinned, I'm having to, like, bloody 
try and find a real cheap hotel and and yeah. you know like, I can't maybe afford my teeth so I've got my bookings coming in yet and so it, it's not Swings as glad yeah yeah but then again I have been put up in like six star places in LA and freaking Rodeo Drive and I've had my flights paid for and it, yeah, it's it can be really, really good. Really, really good. You said that you've uh, done kickboxing for a, <clears throat> yeah. a time. Have, have you ever been in a situation where you've been genuinely scared? Never. No. Not not once in 10 plus years. And the only reason is, not because I'm ballsy and I'm, and, you know, I'm brave. It's because my client group are submissive. Right. You know what I say? I, I, I go touring a lot with my escort friends, i.e., We'll share the pep fuel in the car. I'll yep. drive. We'll share an hotel room. So my mate will be offering sex. When she gets her bookings, I'll go sit in the car or the bar and vice versa. Yeah. yeah. But, well, you know, it, it, we can share the cost. Now, I've obviously been and seen and, and, and been around, you know, some of their client group. Man, are totally different, and I'm not saying you know, I'm so ace and all of my lot are great, but they're submissive because you wouldn't pay 120 quid. So someone like me, it, unless it was really your your thing. So yeah. the, the submissive, I, no one's ever given me any lip, any shit, no one's ever ripped me off. However, I can't say the same for my escort pals because, you know, some of them, their customers will turn up pissed. They'll bring drugs in, coke, they'll, they'll come straight from work and they haven't even been washed. And, and, just, and, and, and I aren't just stereotyping, but again, a lot of my mates have had... Uh, the money nicked off them afterwards, you know, oh, right. or they've been duffed up a bit, and because again, it's just a different type of client that I get to them. All right, there you go. So when you're not um, being a dominatrix and force feeding people to eat dog shit, mm-hmm. um, you do quite a lot for ho- the homeless, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do them a little bit. Yeah, um, not just all, but wherever I go, because my car at any given time is like a little mobile shop, basically. So all year round. It's full of drinks, chocolates, clothes, shreddies, socks, um, tampons, condoms, quilts, sleeping bags, every, sun cream for summer, everything you can possibly think of that somebody might want if while I'm on my travels. So again, wherever I go, I've just I know my car's always full of stuff if yeah. I see anybody. But when I'm in all, obviously I know most of our lot that are on the streets because I've been doing it years. And I know where to find them if I've got some new stuff for them and things like that. So yeah, I, I do I do my bit, and um, I kind of probably get on everyone's nerves because I'm banging shit on Facebook all the time about it. But not everybody has to be bothered about the homeless. I bothered if if people step over them and walk on, because I do my bit, you know. So yeah. it, for the for the ones that I don't bother, then there's always going to be a few that do. Do you find that um? Be- because in Grimsby, there's a well, there was a big problem with a place called St Peter's Avenue in Cleethorpe. Not in Grimsby, mm. Cleethorpe, should mm. I say? And some people um, were saying that like they've already got a house, they're not homeless, they're, yeah. they're just begging. Is that the same? Do you find here that yeah. some of them sort of take the piss a bit? Oh and... God, yeah, they have my pants down all the bleeding time. But do you know what? I still help them. Cause, yeah. Because the humans aren't they? And you know. Yeah, it's the same here. I think it, obviously it'll be the same sort of worldwide. There'll be people that pretend that they ain't got anywhere and they're no fixed abode, and then you see them trotting off to an house, which is probably better than mine. But I've, especially all, I know the piss techers, yeah. so I know what to give them. And you know what I mean? As yeah. in, I'll give them food and drink, but well, I won't give them any money. But then I know the ones that are genuinely no fixed abode, you know? Do, do you think it's like the homeless is like rate as rose in like the last few oh, years? Oh, Jesus, massively. I said I've been doing it years, and um, 
there's more and more popping up and there's more lasses, which is pretty scary. Hence oh, there's why. more lasses, is there? Yeah, which a few years ago, you just didn't see lasses on the streets. It was just a male thing. But that's why I've had to start daft things, like, because they've um, condoms, tampons and sanitary stuff, because it's just like, there's lasses on the street. And I didn't even think about catering for them, you no. know? So I keep, again, keep bras and knickers and, and like, female so, clothes and yeah. stuff. Is and is there a reason in your mind do you think like the rate of the homeless have gone up? Oh, I don't know, to be fair. Um I mean some people, people blaming the government it's yeah, like well, the that's it. this universal I, credit. I can't sit and blame anybody because I don't know everyone's sort of circumstance, to be fair. However, what I do know is some people actually want to and choose to live on the street. It's their choice. Yeah. And I've learnt that over the years. And I'm like, come on, let me get you in this hostel. And come on, and I'll take you and I'll put you in an hotel. And some of them go, do you know what, Joe? I actually, I choose to do this. I'm, I'm tucked away. I've got no bills. And no one hassles me. And I, and I like it. It's my life. So I, I think, and it, that's for me really hard to get my head wrong. So yeah. I'm like, no, you're vulnerable. Come on. And, the, and someone's going to burn your tent. And, but they're like, no, seriously. I am fine. I choose to do this. I don't want to go in a hostel. Like, I've got one at the minute, and he, he was he's quite high profile because he made it in the papers because his little house, I'll say, in inverted commas, was near, near here, the deep. Under the bridge, been there years. Everyone knew where he was, but he was tucked away so we could leave supplies, his little bed, it was all neat. I think I saw someone that on set fire. Someone set fire. Thank frig, he wasn't in it. Someone set fire to the lot. All his little possessions of what... Literally, had everything's gone. Little photographs of his baby and stuff. Anyway, I was going to say, was it set out a bit, a bit like a bedroom with yeah, a bed and the sideboard? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. And um, so now he's in a doorway, which I won't mention. But but again, not not too far away. And I keep saying, look, love, let please let me get you, because he said like in middle, and he's obviously I don't know, he's maybe thirty odd, so he's not not a daft young lad, you know. But he's like in the night, you know, Joel. He said the amount of times he's been propositioned by men for sex or sexual favors. He said, I woke up the other morning, like four in the morning, and there's a bloke stood there with his pants around his ankles. Because he's just in a shop, don't we? And it's like, right, I said, I ain't having it. Come on, let me get... And he went, I don't want to go in any hostel. He said, because I'm getting off the shit. And if I get back in hostels, I'll be around people who are, do, who are using. Yeah. And I'll end up being, you know. So he's got reasons for that. And he went, plus, I am better than anybody else. But I just don't want to be around people. I just, I'm happier, yeah. So, you know, there, everybody's got a different story and a different reason for being in that situation. And don't judge before you know uh, it. Well, I mean, yeah, well, I get judged. I mean, I'm, I'm covered in tats, so people in all, obviously, have never seen anybody with tats before. They're mortified, and I'm like, so I've had that all my life, and I think I would hope I didn't do that to anybody else. Mm. You know, I, I aren't really, like, a judgmental person. But everybody does have a story, and if people sit down and listen to the reasons, it's frigging heartbreaking, you know? Do you, like, do you find... You say that people, could, some people are comfy on like the streets yeah. being homeless. Do you, did um, you find that in like the prison system where people are more comfy in prison as well? Yeah, oh, defo. Like at Christmas, the pop. I, I never really got this at the time when I worked there, but at Christmas the population rises. I mean, you think because obviously I'm local lass and and I've done a lot of local jails, you know, as well, sort of like Donny and and Everthorpe and stuff like that, Sunleeds. So I, I, I knew a lot of people in a lot of places. So they'd come in and I'd be like, what the frick are you doing in here for Christmas, you daft get? And he was like, well, Jules, to be fair, you know, I get, I get a bed and I get three meals a day and my mates are in here and I get free, free meds and I, I'm like, I get it. 
I get it. Nobody wants to be out on the street in that shit weather so, you know, crime goes up so they can just spend a few, whatever the sentence is, in one of the Queen's fine hotels. I can which is really sad. I can understand it. I'd do the same. I mean, I can understand it in one sense, but then the main thing, they ain't got the freedom. They ain't got the freedom to say, I've got a couple of quid. I'm <coughs> no, going out for a coffee. They aren't. I'm just off for a walk. But what they have got is um, routine and structure. And for anybody who was ex-forces or, or has been and done a lot of jail... They love to be told what to do. They know what time they're getting up, they know what time the lunch is, they know what time bang up is, they know what time the gym is. It's that structure. And people, I wouldn't like it because I don't like being told what to do. <clears throat> but they do. And, and I kind of, I do get that. Right. So, like, what's, like, was your um, job in the prison service, did you say? Sorry. I was um, in charge of advice and guidance, and so it was in the education side of things. <clears throat> Excuse me. So basically, everybody that came into jail, that as part of their induction, they'd see my lot, they'd see me and my lot, <clears throat> and it's right, listen, <clears throat> once, you, once you get put on your wing, we'll call you up, and we'll sit you down, and we'll look at how long your sentence is, and, and we'll figure out what we're going to do with you. Yeah. <clears throat> now... You, when you're in jail, believe it or not, you actually get paid. So uh, prisoners get paid. What do they get paid? <clears throat> when I was there, eight quid a week. Which you think, what the frig is going to get with eight quid a week? But tobacco, you right. can get extra things on your canteen, phone credit, you know what I mean? So, like, so can you buy magazines and papers yeah, with it? Yeah, you as can. Well. Yeah, on, from your canteen. So, like I said, it was, if you were just a basic prisoner, which, you know, would be most people, eight quid a week, if you'd had your head down and you'd been in for a while and you was what you call enhanced, you, you know, you've, you've been real good, then you'd probably get about 14 quid a week. But, so of course, they'd come to me, <clears throat> most of them would be like, yeah, Jules, put me down for, put me down for, for the workshop, put me down for a gym orderly, but not, but obviously, but then the prisons offer education as well, which not many people want to do. They don't want to do it with fucking English and maths. No. They didn't want to do it the first time around. But whatever they do, whatever they sign up for with our lot, obviously that meant, they just did something, then they'd get paid. They were like, put me down for out, Joel's, because uh, then they'd start getting the rate quid a week. Yeah. Yeah? Brilliant. So, and then, of course, I'd stay with them that whole time until the end of the sentence, and I'd be like, right, have you got somewhere to go? Like, what do you want to do? Do you know, let's sort your discharge grant out? So, basically, again, I liked it, because it wasn't discipline, which I said, ironically enough, I went into being a dom, but I could do a lot more with, with our lads than um, just banging them up. You know, putting them behind the door. I could actually help them get them. Do you want your forklift license? Do you want your, you know, your CSCS card? And and do you, do you know what I mean? Oh, so. oh, what, <coughs> yeah. What do they do that inside? Yeah, yeah. Forklift license. Yeah, inside. It's, it's brilliant. Honestly, do you know what the education system in jails is? Ace. Is it? And and labour. Yeah, because it's all free. You know, and that's what I say to him. I say, listen, if you can sit behind your door for your six-month sentence and not get a penny, or you can get your ass and do, you come out with a couple of quals, you know, yeah. get, get your ass to the workshop. So, but most of them were happy to do that. That You know, that's fine. The only people that never wanted to do anything because I thought it was beneath them were the paedophiles and the sex offenders. Because they, right. oh, yes, they were like, oh, I, well, I'm a doctor on the out. So no, nothing you can offer me in here can possibly, like, you know, teach me a anything. Doctor. I'm like, yeah, but you're a nonce inside. So never mind what you are on the out, kid. The Queen says, you've got to get out your pad. Fucking pick something. I don't want to. It's, I do, um, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, all right then. Yeah, because I've seen on your, um, you knew <clears throat> the famous Charlie Bronson. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. What's, what's it like meeting him? Oh, do you know what? He's still classed as Britain's most notorious. And he, and he gets mistaken for Charles Manson, which is ridiculous. Do you know what? 
the kid is hilarious. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's, and he's getting, well, oh, not he's getting on, but 65, he's... 65, I think, yeah. he's 66. But do you know what? I'll tell you what. He looks in his 40s, and there's no word of lying. I said to him, how do you, f- you've been in a, in a cage for 40 years, right? One hour a day, he gets out for, to, to do his, like, walk around the yard. How, how do you look like that? And he went, well, if you think about it, Jules, I haven't been exposed to sun. I don't get any sun, yeah, so yeah. I, I don't drink and I don't smoke because I'm in here. I train every day and I, and I eat well. So he went, I aren't, I aren't, I aren't going to, like, look old because I've really looked after myself, yeah. and he has. But do you know what? That kid as well, I know he is what he is and he's a rum lad, and you, if you've seen the film Bronson, you can't take away from the fact he took that poor art teacher Phil hostage. You can't get away from that. Yeah. He didn't hurt him, but he scared the fucking shit out of him. Um, and he's still fucked up in the head now at his fill, to be fair. So, again, you can't say he's not a rum lad, because yeah. he is. However, what people don't see and they don't really g- give a shit about is all the stuff he does for, for random people. <clears throat> Obviously, I've got my own collection of artwork, and I've got some in my dungeon, and it's all personalised, and I've got loads around my house, and it's ace. But when I'm doing fundraisers, let's say I need a deposit for for one of my homeless kids because I've got him a flat or something, yeah? yeah? So I'll start, I'll just flog my shit on Facebook. And um, he sends a personalised artwork over to me. He goes, auction it off, Jules. Give it to your homeless. And I'm like, he doesn't, he's been to all, but only in Old's Fan Hotel. He's got no, no other no, connections yeah. with all of them himself. He doesn't need to do that. He does not need to give a shit. And that kid, it, just for me alone, has, has raised so much money that's got all gone to help our lot on the streets. But he does it nationally and internationally as well. He's raised millions, honestly. He's, so in that respect, fair play to him. Is he fared in the prisons by, by you know, like the other inmates? Or is he some, <clears> some sort of myth and folklore like legend in there. well you know what at 60 odd he's still like having a bit of a rumble and and then why they keep knocking him back for his parole because he does like a bit of a wrestle um but like i said he's never killed this again it's another misconception he's never no, killed yeah, that's true he's never raped he's never fiddled with it with a child he's never he was just old school gangster and He's, he's, one of his brothers has passed now, but his other brother, he's like massive career in the Navy. You, you just won't think, you think, how are you turned out like that? But he's, he has had, and he still has, I think, a problem with male authority. Yeah. You know, so every now and again, he'll just get out of the governor and have a little wrestle. Well, and yeah, yeah, which I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing at and it isn't really funny. But, but do you know what? The kid is an inspiration and he's a really good mentor to me. Because I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a bleeding book. When this Fifty Shades of Shit came out, I thought I'm gonna write a book because this is fiction, and I, and I've got freaking pictures, dog shit pictures to go with my stories. You are writing a book, then? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did mention it in the, like the beginning. I was gonna yeah, come back to that. Because anyway, I thought, oh, what can I get to? Fr-? So I thought that kid has had a movie. He hasn't seen the light of day for forty years, but he's had a movie. He's he's had written so many books. He's he's massive, isn't he? He's yeah. famous. I thought if he can do it from from a cell. I'm going to ask him. So anyway, so like he's mentoring me at the minute, so he's helping me write my book and and stuff like that. But he's just he's just a really oh, really. Oh, you still keeping touch? Yeah. Then? Oh yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And he sent me a lovely Christmas present, which I got before I went to New York. And um, yeah, he's just sent me like another visiting order as well because he's in Franklin at the moment. Where's Where's, where's du- Franklin? Up in Durham. Oh right. He's been in Wakefield for a real long time. Um, but again, because he, because he's, he's a bit, you know, badly behaved, they just yeah. move him every now and again. So he's in Durham at the minute. So. Like, what did the other prisoners get on, like, with him? Or weren't he allowed to mix no, with them? No, he's not. And again, a lot of people think 
Um, it's for everyone else's safety that he's locked up for 23 hours a day. And, and he's in solitary. He's mm. not in on a wing with anybody else. He's, he's down the seg, but other people are on the seg. You just you don't even see him. You won't, you won't ever right. be pathed never cross. But I think a lot of it is, if I'm really honest, and if he's probably honest as well, there'd be so many people that w- would want to... Oh, fucking kick Charlie Bronson's head in. To get a name for themselves. Up Charlie. You with me? Yeah. yeah. So I do think he's probably still in solitary for, for a bit of both. Yeah. For, for other people to stop having a pop at him to get a name for themselves and just for him wanting to like just have a scrap with any randomer, you know? Because he's very, very, very anti-nonce and anti-pedo. You know, so well, I'm guessing everyone in the prison system is a, apart, apart from them. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do they ever fight against themselves, the no. monsters and no. rapists? And like in all, for example, it's different in different jails, but all when I was there had two full wings, two full wings, which is a fucking lot. But they come to Hull for this. Um, now I'll say it really loosely: a treatment program. It's called SOTP, Sex Offender Treatment Program. Now, I don't know how you're going to treat a wrong one. However, the, the the prison system apparently cure them by, by putting them in a classroom for half a day a week, six weeks. Oh, they yeah. get a tick and they're like, woo, we've cured them, they're re- rehabilitated. Um, so, obviously, they come from all over England, hence why there's two full bleeding wings of them. They come for this six-week part-time right. freaking classroom bollock. Um, <clears throat> but I used to go on them wings and... The mains lot, which would be me and you if we was inside, all day, every day. You know where you are with them. They're pretty respectful. Uh, they'll do out, especially for women, they'll do out, oh, yes, miss. And the, do you know what I mean? You go on them wings and it's a different ball game altogether, different dynamic. They're all huddled up in little groups. And I, I used to say, like, why would you put them all together? Because the only one thing they've all got in common is... What they do. Exactly. And it, surely they'll be all fucking comparing notes. And it was just cringeworthy. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So they're all yeah. they're all congregated together and they're all like up each other's arseholes. And it's just like, oh, yeah. It's, again, just a cunt stomach it. And a cunt stomach, to be fair, being nice to them. I was going to say, but was it I hard for you to be nice to them? It really was, yeah. I mean, I don't have kids of me own, but I'm the oldest of nine. So I am particularly maternal. But any, even if you don't have kids, looking on the file and seeing what they've done, to a six-week-old baby or a or their four-year-old little brother. It's like, do you know what I mean? Little brother? Yeah. Oh, oh you, it was some of the shit. You kind of wish you could unsee it mm. or unknow what they've done, you know? And that's what it does make you think, right, I'll tell you what a treatment programme would be. G- give me a fucking blowtorch and let me set on fire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what I would do because you, you can't be cured. People say, like, you know, castrate them. And I'm, no, because the fucking hands and the brain still works. It's like, come on. Would you class maybe the paedophiles who were, like, like, boys and girls and, like, sort of, like, young children a bit more of a fetish? No. Would you say it's something internally wrong in the brain? I really do, yeah. I freaking do. Yeah. Something that's happened to them when they were younger, or again, maybe. I mean, if I mean if they've been abused when like yes, they've been it younger. Yes, I think it, I don't know whether it is proven, but I'm sure I've heard that generally people who have been abused then go on to be abusers. You know, that, yeah. I think that is seems pretty common. But um, I, no, I, I, me personally would not class that as a fetish. I would class that as as illegal and fucking life-changing for that person that they're doing it to because that person's never going to be the same again oh no you know what i mean definitely not
yeah. I mean, again, give me the bleeding arms, robbers and the murderers all day, every day. I'll go toe-to-toe with them, but <laughs> but just that lot made my skin crawl. They made it crawl. And I say that, I don't miss that part of being I was going to say, have you ever fancied going back into the jail system? I don't think and, they'd like, have me, to be honest with you. I don't think they'd have me, because A, I've got more tattoos. B, I've got a lot gobbier. And C, um, I've been a dominatrix. And I don't think Her Majesty would be quite impressed with that. But even though I decided to call my business Her Majesty's Pleasure once I left the prison, because I thought, that's hilarious. I'll call myself that. <laughs> and and my me, and me logo is um, the prison's portcullis. I thought that was quite appropriate. But yeah, I don't think. And again, do you know what? Um, everything's sort of momentary, isn't it? I don't think you can go back in time and recreate something that's been and gone. You know, I, I just don't think you can do that. So I don't know what I'm going to do next. I, I don't know. But again, I've, you've got to keep moving forward, haven't you? Yeah, so it's been a dominatrix and helping homeless. Yeah, yeah, right at the minute. And I might be an astronaut next time. I don't know. I don't know what Who I knows? <laughs> right, well, so thanks for coming on. You're really I, I, welcome. I know you've been busy. Because we're called the Tim Biscuit Podcast, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is, what's your favourite biscuit? It's got to be an obnob. An obnob? Yeah, it's got to be. Right. Dunker or not a dunker? Not a dunker. Not a dunker? No. And would you say a Jaffa Cake's a cake or a biscuit? Neither. Neither. And I only learned the other week, month, not the other week, the other month, that Jaffa cakes are called Jaffa cakes because of the orange inside is the mm. Jaffa sort, is the Jaffa make of the orange. Yeah, I, I got that, I think. I think yeah. I get, I suffered that. But I wouldn't call it know. a cake and I wouldn't call it a biscuit, would you? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I like them though, do you? I love Jaffa Cakes. Yeah. Proper Jaffa Cakes, I don't yeah. like... Yeah, not the frigging smart price bollocks from... from Asda, right? Yeah. Anyway, no. Or like even the little ones and the other yeah. ones aren't, aren't nice. From own bargains. Cakes. No. <laughs> well, thanks again. You're uh, really welcome. If people want to take a close look into your... You're obviously going to be releasing Into my the book. bum hole. Yeah. <laughs> Into my anus. <laughs> you've, um, you've got a website, haven't you? I have, yes. Shall I put that on, like, the link on the... Yeah, that'll yeah. be brilliant. Yeah, that's ace. Thank you. I'll put that. And, um, cool. Well, thanks again. And, um, You're welcome. Brilliant stuff. Thank, thanks very much. Take care. Bye. <laughs>